Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. With me today, uh, we do have this uh, announced on Twitter, uh, social debt gadfly and um, author and celebrity. And I, in my eyes, the most famous Nuggets fan, uh, Mr. Tim Miller. Hello. Um, that is the lowest of bars. And I think that it includes <laughs> a number of caveats, like, uh, you know, cutting out all professional athletes, for example. But, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe the most famous podcaster who's a nuggets host which is you know a uh uh not exactly you know an elite company the company of podcasters but i mean, you know. I mean writer and all, all this i mean right. uh, a multimedia star how about that you're the all most... right well i'm happy i've been trying to jam nugget <laughs> stuff into my snapchat show into the next level podcast i wore a nuggets hat on pod save america and on msnbc i'm trying to jam nuggets content into non-nugget spaces right. and i just i'm happy that you've given me this this platform to just kind of let it rip all, where you know we can do all nuggets all the time because that is where my that's where my head is you know okay. the meme of the guy and the woman laying in the bed and she's like i bet he's thinking about the woman and he's like i'm actually thinking about mike malone's rotations that's me right that's <laughs> over the past month i've not thinking about politics i've been thinking about mike malone's rotations so it's well, good to be here well, it depends on what you consider more stressful. I mean, do you have any Ron DeSantis rants before we get started? <laughs> <laughs> there are pl plenty of spaces for Ron DeSantis rants. People can head on over to the Bulwark. Lots of good Ron DeSantis material over there. You had I want to. I want to celebrate with you. I want to yeah. commune with you. You had a good one uh, in your last pod. Uh, the next level on the the pod on the uh, Bulwark is a good uh, podcast. is available wherever you get podcasts. So I suggest you check that out. They had uh, Bradley Whitford, who uh, I uh, had not uh, seen for a while. Of uh, the note actor of note on their last one. So I do. I mean, look, you know, I, I know this is a Nuggets podcast, but I gotta pump what you're doing. Thank right? you. Yeah, you wrote, he's amazing. Bradley was great. You wrote a fucking book. I mean, come on. This, this, yeah, these are, come on, bro. These are, these are things that have happened. I have literally done nothing other than this podcast, so I got to keep this coming <laughs> somehow. Um, so, uh, okay, Tim is on, on here to talk about your Denver Nuggets, our Denver Nuggets, my Denver Nuggets, his Denver Nuggets. We are uh, in the finals for the first time ever 
uh, NBA Finals, um, and this is great. I am I have been been thoroughly enjoying this. Uh, so uh, before we get started on everything else, um, let's just talk about you, Tim, and and your feelings when the Nuggets cro- finally crossed the Rubicon, so to speak, and got their asses into the finals. What what what, what were you feeling? What were your emotions? Yeah, I mean, just really. It was overwhelming joy, honestly. It felt um, wonderful. It was a long time coming. It was hard to, you know, we have these mixed, and we've been talking about this, Jeff, there's this conflict within us as Nuggets fans this year. Mm -hmm. Like there's the side of my brain that throughout the year thought, I think this is the team. Like I've had this confidence in this team all year long. And and yet there's the nug life side of your brain that mm-hmm. said, oh, something will go wrong. You know, uh, the the you know, we, we're going to draw the Phoenix Suns in the second round and they're going to have created a super team. And that, that will be, you know, something that we can't overcome. And um, and, you know, all those doubts got in my brain. And so, you know, when it actually happened, um, there was this joy and relief, but also like a surprising feeling of expectation of like yeah like we are doing this we are we did it and um uh and so i i you know look it's been a it's been kind of a long how long has it been since they played it's been a long week and a half um (laughs) at where you where the emotions have waned a bit and you know the eastern conferencing went on so long and um i had i had a good 48 hours where i was just mentally envisioning how excited i was going to be because uh, I am coming to Denver, I will be there on Thursday to walk right. in for Game One, and um, and and then that excitement and anticipation waned substantially <laughs> as I, as it increasingly looked like I wasn't going to be there for Game One, and um, I was going to have to watch it from my couch uh, as they were in Boston. And so, thank you to Jimmy Butler. This will be the net, uh, thank you, Caleb Martin. Will be the net last nice thing I say about you on this podcast. But I'm happy they finally came through in Game Seven, and now you know I can start to let um you know the daydreaming happen again um and uh and and boy uh the the day the daydreams are running out of control i think the last time i was on this podcast i asked you if you'd allowed yourself to daydream about the parade and now i'm like over here like planning where we're going to be sitting on the parade route so i need somebody to spray me down right now that's where i'm at well you're you're not going to get that from me because i i i, I will say this though that i was surprised at how uh, I, I thought I would be more elated than I was, but I think that it has almost entirely, it is almost everything to do with the fact that there's such a big gap between when the Nuggets finished their series and the Red and the Easter Conference series, which yeah. let's be honest here was not the most visually aesthetic. It was, you know, it, it, it was very, it was, it was, there was some awful basketball being played in that series. And I think that kind of like, I think it, I don't know. I, I can't say dampened it, but it 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 was like okay, we got to watch this crap before we get to watch the finals. So I'm like now now I'm ramping up now as of today after the game yesterday. Now I'm now I'm getting there, you know. But but I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad to hear that. Did you have tears uh, after Jamal Murray grabbed that Lakers block? Did you have a tear? No, no. Have, but I have did. we had any per, have have you know has it gotten dusty in the in the Mort cast in the Thornton? You know, no. home. I did Not yell yet. out my window. I, okay. I did do that. I I, I said I screamed, yeah, and everyone responded in the neighborhood. So I mean, look, <laughs> look, that was cool. That was cool to have that moment. Um, it was it wasn't quite Broncos win the Super Bowl level, but it was it was almost. And there was a there was a question Zach by posted on Twitter about where would this rank if the Nuggets won the won the championship, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. 
but it, what where, where would it rank in Denver sports pantheon of the championships? And personally for me, it's number one, but in terms of the city of Denver, I'd probably have to go under the, at least the, 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 the first Broncos Super Bowl. But I mean, other than that, it's pretty dicey. Yeah. I don't, I mean, just again, you can only speak for yourself, right? I mean, you can get wrapped up in the historical element of this. Um, I, that first Broncos Super Bowl had to be number one. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, uh, again, there's something about the Super Bowl element of it too. Right, LA. You know, this one's for John. The city it has gone so long, um, uh, and and so there, I just I don't think that you could you could really even argue that. Mm-hmm. But I would say you know that the Atlanta Super Bowl the next year, and 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 for me personally, it's hard to kind of compare because the team the the Avs first championship i was a teen mm-hmm. we had tickets me and the abs kind of moved to the city together okay. um so i was a, i you know i was a transplant <laughs> they were a transplant so i didn't hold that you know native bitterness over them that some of you the rest of you do right. um so and and it's hard to kind of compare your your feelings of just like uh, being a pure fan as a teen who like literally is idolizing people and it's right in the red red, red wings excuse me rivalry like how to compare that versus this which is a completely different kind of gratifying right I, you know that the nuggets is something that like we've suffered through for 30 years and i expect when it happens it will feel on a different level of, of gratification than the other two but you know i i think those are really the ones i mean not to take anything away but the peyton manning super bowl and the ray bork stanley cup finals both kind of felt like we were winning one for other cities, people. <laughs> you know? I mean, they were both nice and all, but I don't know. You know, it just it wasn't the same as L.A. And, right. or the original right. Avs team. And and I and I'd given up on hockey long ago. I kind of didn't even remember that the Avs won in 2022. So I'm a bad bad ex Denverite. <laughs> so that one doesn't even rank. But um, but man, I you know, for me personally, it definitely um, it it it, it ha- will have a different level of weight to it um you know and and there is a not to your extent jeff but there's a history you know i mean i i was going through with my my brother who who deserves the real credit as like he was the, the 11 and 71 year when i'm when i'm checking out mentally you know mm-hmm. he's grinding out 78 of the 82 games and like watching the fourth quarter and yelling at bill hands and shit like I, you know <laughs> I, I i have to cop to a little bit of you know i'm not a total bandwagon man but uh, i have to cop to having some limits um uh-huh. uh he didn't um but I was going back through and trying to find like pictures or, or, or messages from the 09 year against um, the Lakers. So 94 is kind of pre-social media. So I have memories from that, but I couldn't find anything like our little uh, tech email chains and text chains. I, 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 I surfaced the tech, the email chain response um, for our little friend feed um, when, when we ended up seventh in the lottery uh, and ended up with Murray. Right. And everybody's so mad. This feed is just like (laughs) nug life. Like we wanted the time, you know, we thought we might get the top three. You could get Brandon Ingram. You could get Jalen Brown who can't dribble. You could get Ben Simmons who can't shoot. We wanted, you know, one of these people, but it's like, we're going to get stuck with Bender. Uh, and seven, <laughs> and so it's just funny to kind of reread that chain and be like, "This was this was our real time nug life reaction to this," and it and and it turns into Jamal Murray falling into our lap and and really kind of being the moment that like this uh, championship, hopefully this you know at least Western Conference championship was was built around, and mm. and you know it's been a long whatever seven years since then. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, uh... And uh, I, I was thinking about it too, because I go back to, <clears throat> I became a fan in about 
the age of 10, you know, maybe nine, 10. Uh, and that was the year they won 54 games with Alex English. Um, but I, I was talking to some friends of mine who were, uh, Nuggets fans in elementary school. And we were talking about when we moved into junior high, the Paul Westhead years, and I posted something and I didn't mean it to sound as gatekeeper as it did. I really didn't because I was just rem- reminiscing. But I had this memory of watching this this game um, in game seven of the Paul Westhead era where the Nuggets gave up 107 points before halftime. And <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I've never been embarrassed to be a Nuggets fan other than twice. Then and in 1998. Okay, but there was twice where I was like, I don't even know if I want to admit this to people. And that was one of them. And I was thinking about it. So I'm like, God damn, if I if you would have talked to Jeff Jeff in in 1990, late 1990, and the, the, the CU buffs are on their way to winning a national championship that year and on all this stuff and the Broncos are had the a terrible year. Super Bowls and yeah they had a terrible year that year but I remember they it was this is the year after they went to the Super Bowl and I'm like if you would have told me that the Denver Nuggets and you know would it would ever make it to a, a finals I I would I would just tell you you're lying because as my friend Andy Feinstein and uh, often used to say the Nuggets will never make a finals in my lifetime it was never actually a legitimate hope and I've been thinking about that more than anything. I've been thinking about just yeah. how much, how, I mean, not pain because watching sports is not pain, but it just happening, watching all this frustrating morass and like getting it kind of rewarded with this. I feel kind of like it was yeah. worth it. And can I say a big fines point on that one, you know, it was maybe a little bit uh, uh doomerish nuggets fan at, for at a time at a period, right. That it's like, there's a time in the NBA where it's like, yeah, you know, but but when you get to the super team era, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that there was legitimate reason to believe that like this was never going to happen. Like this was never going to happen. That the league had changed, you know, and that the only teams that were going to win championships were teams that could attract big threes, you know, to, after Miami Heat, etc. And um, and you know, or you know, maybe somebody gets lucky. And and you know gets Tim Duncan and David Robinson, but like you know, this is like the exception that proves the rule, right? And and I think that there was legitimate reason to feel like there was not a path for the for the Nuggets to to ever to ever get here. And so um, that does make this a lot more sweet. And it also makes a lot more sweet just in the for the newer fans, you know, to not be gatekeepery, yeah, to to have this team be this core, you know, be. You know, twenty. You know, have seven re- years with them. In sports, that's pretty rare now, right? Like we we've had a real run with at least Jokic and Malone and Jamal, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and then Mike comes and um and, and we had some key pieces come in obviously this year, but but that I think is special, and um, I do hope that people from that era. I do hope we can get Gary back and some of the other people from that era and Mon, you know, because I think they're just a big part of this, and and I think that feels. It gives you a connection to a team that I think is a category difference from what we were t- what I was talking about earlier. Like Peyton comes to Denver, it's like it's nice. Hey, it's great. Peyton Manning comes to Denver. I had a great right. night that Super Bowl. I remember where I was. I was in New Hampshire. I was with my friend who's a Broncos fan. Hey, David Kochel. But like, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's not the same as this. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not. It's not. And some there was some there was some person I was interacting with on Twitter. Uh, I would do a thing like. 
mean, you're the only pathetic person who'd be meat writing the about the about the Denver Nuggets. And I went, I mean, <laughs> you no one saw that, but I put my arms. I was like, well, you know, look, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it, it's fun, it's cool, it's great to. See. I mean, the fact that they did it against the Lakers uh, just just made it that much sweeter that much and sweeter swept them <laughs> and, and swept them you so, know i was so trying to not let the petty yeah. i was trying to not let the petty overwhelm me but I, anyone who, who who suffers through my twitter feed realizes i was unable to to not to not let the petty overcome me and um the the lakers element you know really did uh, i mean i i felt 100 percent confident in that series um i did have some doubts about the sun series that that um that that percolated after game four um mm-hmm. was about the only time during the playoffs where i had well, you know i know that jeff has never lost the faith throughout this entire playoff run i had a brief moment of doubt uh, <laughs> around game four of the sun series um but uh, i i never had much doubt about the lakers but i even i didn't think we were gonna sweep them yeah. you know um and uh and you know to do that in the face of just the utter disrespect from the national media, in the face of having to listen to three days of talking heads, talk about a Rui Hachimura adjustment <laughs> that, that lasted about a half a quarter and, and yielded a loss. I mean, I, it was truly unbelievable. Like people were still talking about the Rui Hachimura adjustment in game three. They were down, <laughs> they were down 2-0 and they were down at halftime. And people, and then halftime show, Will Bond's like, you know, Lakers, a lot of things for the Lakers to like about this quarter. It's like, about this half. It's like, what? They're down at halftime and they're losing 2 0. What, what is there to like? Um, and so it was really, uh, that was extra gratifying just right. to have the national just to have just to be able to rub the shit in the face of the national media and that would have been nice about the celtics i kept being torn emotionally there's something i'm really excited to be there for game one there also would have been something real nice about rubbing it in the celtics face too um but mm-hmm. um but that part of the lakers series was really good and it was just and it was a total dominant performance beginning to end and i, I do think lebron's lebron was not at 100 percent, but I, you know it was it was such that even if lebron was 100 percent, you're looking at a 4-1 or 4-2 series at best case you know and it was just a total domination of them in the fourth quarters when playoff basketball matters when possessions matter and ability to score matters and we just could and they couldn't and and anthony davis carl anthony davis really you know got dominated and that was that was also very pleasant uh, pleasurable cad um that's yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I, it's going to be interesting because in the second half, right, you and uh, uh, Tim and I are going to talk about the the finals matchup. But I, I, I just in the first part, I just want to kind of talk about this. And you had an appreciation uh, that you wanted to get to for the current GM, uh, uh, Mr. Calvin Booth. So, um, I, before you get to that, I will say I do appreciate. I think the, the the singular thing that I will give him by far the most credit for, actually, two things: the DeAndre Jordan signing. I remember, I vividly remember you and I texting when that went down and our reactions are not what they are now. That's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and, uh, but that turned out to be such a great locker room addition. Uh, every story I've heard is that he is, is a godsend to that locker room. And uh, two is Bruce Brown. Uh, I, and I, you know, a little bit of that is the fact that it was very fortunate they had Jeff Green here that they they can grease the skid, so to speak. 
But I think that 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 is those that those two things right there, along with the trade for KCP, which is, you know, was going to happen, whether Tim Connolly was here or Calvin was here. I think I think those things go together and and really added that element that this team desperately needed. And in my view, it's uh, it's this team doesn't get here without any of those signings. Yeah, I just I want to do this because I've not had a full, you know, I do have a job that I have to suffer through, you know, writing about politics. So I haven't been able to listen to every single Nuggets podcast um, over the past two weeks. So I've done my best and I've listened to many of them. And I just felt like Calvin has gotten overlooked in this. I, you know, he gets respect and mentioned, but, um, but, but like what he did in the off season, all those things you just mentioned, but, but just put together as a group, what just were absolutely key. And, you know, the catastrophization around the NBA, the Nuggets media when Tim Connolly left was way overboard. And, and this, that's not thing against Tim Connolly. And I know your feelings about Tim, but you know, sometimes it's like anything else, right? Sometimes having, you know, who knows what Tim would have done this offseason, but having fresh eyes sometimes matters, right? Like not having the baggage yeah. of being like, hey, I've had this relationship with Will Barton over eight years, right? Like maybe Tim would have done the trade, maybe it wouldn't have, but, you know, he would have carried that, right? Like that baggage with him. Calvin didn't have that. And he came in and he, and he had a clear vision for what this team needed. It needed length. It needed wings. It needed defense around Nikola Jokic. Um, he did it in the draft. I also didn't love the trade for the Peyton Watson pick. And man, is that, I mean, who knows? We don't want to get out of our skis, but he looked great in the past last two weeks of the season. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not about to declare him the next KD or anything, but, um, yeah. but boy, that trade looks a lot better than it did uh, three months ago. He knew what he, what this team needed around Jamal and Jokic. And it was something that was frustrating about past eras. Some of this was Tim's fault. Some of it was not. But, you know, we all lived through the Rodney Hood game. You know, when you don't have anybody that can guard Rodney Hood on the Portland Trailblazers, like that's a problem. All right. That's a problem. And you need to find people that can guard the Rodney Hoods of the world. And we've, this team has, you know, a bunch of people that they can throw at Jimmy. You know, Aaron Gordon, that Tim did that trade, but you bring in KCP, you know, Bruce Brown, you know, can is is a little undersized, but is a really tough defender. Christian Braun off the bench. Now, hopefully Peyton in the in a two or three year time window. Um, uh, Calvin saw all that and made the key moves. And he even kind of envisioned that this post postseason rotation. I don't know if, if this was Malone had it in the, his back pocket or Calvin. I don't know what kind of was happening behind the scenes there, but Calvin was the first person to mention. We might look at Aaron Gordon at the five mm-hmm. before we ever saw him. And now here, that's what, that's what turned out in the playoffs. I think he even envisioned that. And the last thing I'm going to give Calvin for, credit for is he even took Thomas Bryant off the board. I mean, that's 3d chess, Jeff Morton. <laughs> Because Thomas, I promise you, Thomas Bryant was going to get minutes against Jokic in that Lakers series. I don't think he would have been the difference in a 4-0 series, but the Lakers needed big bodies, and they mm-hmm. had one. And Tristan Thompson had to play because Thomas Bryant had gotten traded uh-huh. um, in, in in at the trade deadline. So TB might not have got any minutes for us, but still, that was a, that was another uh, chess move, intentional or unintentional for Calvin. So I just think, man, that dude. That dude is really going to deserve hoisting that trophy alongside alongside Malone and the rest of the guys. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I got you know you've said it well. I don't have another, anything to add to that. That's uh, that is really I think part of the essential thing. I have to give a a shout out to uh, Michael Malone uh, for being able to 
identify where he needed to not go into his worst instincts. I think that is that shows a growth growth of a coach, I guess is the best way to put it, is that sometimes you retreat back into things you know. And keeping Mike out there, and he pointed it out, you know, keeping Mike out there is what the Nuggets have needed. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're, they they need him there. And I think it's very easy to justify taking him out and putting in Bruce Brown or, or, or something like that and, and putting putting in KCP or, or doing something, something like that, where it's just an, uh, like a bunch of defenders you can trust and all this stuff, but uh, identifying that this team needs Mike out there and Mike stepping up, I think has been a very huge part of why the nuggets have been able to win these games as consistently as they have the first three rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. And tightening the rotation. And, uh, you know, he's done the stuff that we always said. Now we haven't been in the frustrating side of Malone has always been, you know, he's a little slow to adjust. Well, that hasn't been a problem in this playoffs because we're 12 and three. So he hasn't had to make that many adjustments. Um, They did make some adjustments. They did tighten the rotation when needed um, during the Phoenix series and, and, and fiddled with a couple things. Um, But, uh, but yeah, man, Malone, has been really good and it's cool i did hear the dnvr guys mention this uh, but it's just worth briefly echoing like it is cool to be in a finals with malone and spo you know and they kind of deserve this right like the Mm -hmm. and the faddishness of the nba Mm -hmm. you know you have one bad season you're gone you know riding through the bumps um that 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 adds to to this and i'm i'm happy for for malone and and Spo that they get to kind of be at the helm here and we can have two real coaches instead of Joe Missoula, just like chewing gum. Clapping a lot. Um, <laughs> okay. We're, uh, we're going to preview the, uh, the, the finals. So uh, we're going to do that uh, right after this break. All right, we're back. Um, so I told the folks we were going to preview the finals. I don't really, I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast, I don't get too deep into minutia, but I do think that there is an interesting element here with this matchup with the, with the heat that they can't, that the, the heat specifically can't really replicate against the Denver nuggets. And it's the fact that the nuggets, you can't really run zone that often against them because First of all, the shooters are, are are really good, and Jokic is the ultimate zone breaker because he can get in the middle and get his own and all this stuff. So, so that's the first thing I think about when I think about the Nuggets matching up with the uh, with the Heat is that they they do like five different zones, kind of like Rick Carlisle used to. And uh, my first instinct is to say, if you break that element of the Heat, they're going to struggle with finding some other answers so in in based on watching that last series and this series that do you have any similar notion yeah I, I mean i don't look i think that the heat uh and bam out of bio in particular are going to be pack prikash against Nikola Jokic. i think he's just going to be smothering them and and you know slurping them up for lunch i don't I, I, they don't have look we 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 joked about the really hachimura adjustment but there is something to the fact that, that if you want to even have a prayer against Jokic, it has tended to be the case that your best case scenario is to do the, 
you know, um, allow someone else to roam and, and kind of surprise, you know, try to surprise them on when you double, when you don't double, you know? And so in this case, that would be bam, that would be the non point defender, right? That they would have some right. other big body that could play Jokic and then bam, kind of sometimes doubles, sometimes doesn't sometimes comes over weak side, right. And tries to block shots. And, right. and that's, you know, not going to slow down the, not going to stop the best player in the world, but maybe have a path to slowing him down. They don't have that other guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Love, like who, uh, you know, who's a hundred years old, like who is going to be that per- Udonis? Is he going to get some minutes? I, I just, they don't, they don't have, they don't have that person. And so Bam's going to have to guard Jokic straight up or the zone. Bam weighs like 50 pounds less than Jokic. I just, I think that like there's just nothing there. And, and then historically Bam has not done well against Jokic. There's just nothing to make you think that he he is going to be able to slow him down. And the zone defense, to your point, you know, uh, uh, the Nuggets have had, you know, the best offense against the zone defense during the regular season, I believe, and during the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. that that's right. I'm stealing that stat from somebody um, in my Twitter feed. I forget who. So apologize for not <laughs> giving the credit. Um, but also, so, you know, you can imagine on a cold shooting night, that's buying you a quarter, right? Yeah. You can, you're right. You can imagine it by, you know, you can imagine it being an adjustment that buys you six minutes and mm-hmm. maybe in a bat and a game where the nuggets are struggling from outside. And you know, that they're, that uh, maybe they're overjuiced mm-hmm. in a, in a game one or underjuiced from being cold, right? Like maybe it works for a little bit during game one. You could imagine that, but, but over the, over the course of the series, I just having Yoke's ability to go to the, straight to the middle of the zone, sh- you know, shoot floaters, pass out to open three point shooters. I uh, just, uh, that's, that's a recipe for disaster over the long term. It's hard to imagine that Spo sticks with that for too long. And, and, and probably what I would expect we'll see is that they really just go to it once once you know once a half or something to try to throw Jokic out right come out of timeouts etc or go to it when in the three minutes Jokic is on the bench or whatever yeah I, I think that's where they, they, they'll break it out is that uh, the Nuggets second unit tends to have a difficulty scoring anyway so yeah. obviously you're not you're you're it's the, the advantage is doing it there is probably better I I, I think also and, and as far as the Nuggets go i think this is an opportunity for them because the nuggets really and you pointed this out the nuggets really haven't adjusted to anything in these playoffs they they've done exactly what they've done uh the only adjustment they made was have uh uh, aaron gordon set screens and uh initiate some pick and roll with Jokic in game uh games uh three and four move davis out from yeah yeah that's right which helped um they were and, a little, he was a little slow to that actually in in malone now that you bring that one up i forgot it in, in malone fashion harrell bob was calling for that in like q1 of the first quarter and you know we got into it the second half of game three but anyway yeah. sorry my still love you michael but that it's, is that's right it's all right he he adjusts with the speed of continental drift yeah. um but there is a there is a you know the nuggets haven't really had to make any big adjustments and i don't think miami's the type of team where you do make huge adjustments. I can see it with Boston. I could have seen it with Boston because Boston is unique in their approach. If they weren't a bunch, if, if they didn't have a, a incompetent head coach and no point guard, basically it, it, it they would be, a di- it would be a different scenario. And I'd be much more afraid to see what was going to be churning in the back of Malone's mind here. Right. Or be forced to with the heat. It's just, it is what it is. They, 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 uh, it's, 
it's hard to explain, but it's like you, you get to a point when you're in, and I've seen a lot of NBA finals, you get to a point where a wild adjustment isn't going to help you and it's not going to produce the thing that you think it's going to produce. And coaches get a lot of praise for that, but sometimes it, it just isn't what you think it's going to be as far as personnel and all that stuff. So I don't see a ton of things that Miami can do, I think, or a problem for the Nuggets could be some of Miami's. I mean, if Caleb Martin is going to turn into prime Michael Jordan again, I don't, I don't know exactly what the Nuggets are going to do, but I don't anticipate that happening. Knock on wood. So I, I don't again know. with it with the, but the personnel, man, I mean, KCP is going to be on Caleb Martin. Right. I'd assume at least until hero gets back, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is supposedly going to have a mid series, um, which may or may not help them. I don't know. There's a little bit of a Ewing theory element to hero being out. I think that allowed more minutes for and more time for right. Caleb Martin with the ball, et cetera. But, um, you know, and, and Aaron Gordon's been phenomenal on Jimmy uh, to date. I'm sure, you know, playoff Jimmy uh, versus Aaron, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll perform a little better, but um, you know, dating back to Orlando, Aaron Gordon's been good at guarding Jimmy. And so I, I don't look, you know, I, on our little text chain, somebody was talking about how, um, how Spoh's going to steal one. It's like maybe, but another and Spoh's only six two, you know. So I don't, I don't think he's lacing up the shoes. I, like, what's he going to do to steal? I, I, I just, I don't think they have the personnel. It doesn't mean that Nuggets are definitely sweeping. There, there are cold games. There's outlier games. You know, there's outlier hot games. You know, Jimmy can throw up fifty. Um, you know, we saw that with KD and and Booker. Um, but. But to your point about what the adjustments matter, I I don't know that they have the personnel to make the adjustments that that are required that would even hypothetically slow down a Nuggets offense that has been unstoppable through three rounds, including Mm -hmm. against the best defense. The Lakers say what you want. They were at the best defensive rating in the playoffs before we played them. Uh, And and then and then in the first round against you know, the Rudy Gobert and Cat. Mm-hmm. I, I say what you want about those guys. And Rudy won defensive players of the year. And they don't, Miami doesn't even have any, any equivalent to that um, uh, as far as size and length is concerned. So I don't know. I'm, 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 you know, the only thing that has me concerned really is how confident I am. And this <laughs> feels to me like, uh, are you a cycling man? Did you ever do cycling uh, uh, watching? Okay, so the Tour de France, mm-hmm. my father's a big cycling fan. Yeah. Um, the Tour de France, the last day is ceremonial, right? <laughs> so it's like, I this always bothered me as a kid, uh, as a competitive kid. I was like, I was, he was making me watch it, and it's like, the last day should be the most competitive. And it's like, no, it's ceremonial. Like, they just, uh, they go through the Champs-Élysées or whatever, and whoever's mm-hmm. winning wins. And and I, I'm, I'm, this is feeling... I'm I'm feeling concerningly ceremonial about, <laughs> about what is happening over the you know valedictory uh, about what is what is about to come. So I, I'd like for someone to you know dump a bucket of cold water on my head or something. But I I, I it just doesn't seem like the the personnel is there. Well, the I mean, first of all, getting Tyler Hero back will be beneficial for all of us, so we don't have to look at the Gen Z uh gap experiment going on on the you don't bench. like the bucket and, hats oh my god the bucket hats there's one day he had the, had a had a cat stocking cap on and he looked like um, a condom and and there were just there was just 
Well, I, I, I couldn't look at him anymore. And Stan Van Gundy was 100% right <laughs> in mocking him. That's the way he was dressed. That's just me. I'm an old person. I always love Tyler. Have you ever seen the video of Tyler Hero with Jimmy? I forget who else he was with, with Jimmy. And, and maybe it was Bam. And, he's, and he admits he doesn't know how to swim. And Jimmy's Jimmy's like respect. Um like that, that is it. And uh this video is so good. These guys, they are they're kind of like I don't know, maybe it's just me. They're kind of likable. Tower Heroes ridiculous costumes are likable for me. Jimmy's <laughs> likable, Spo. Um I wish I, I I'm sure I will well maybe I won't garner the hate if we just run them out of the gym, but I'm sure assuming it's a competitive series, the hate will emerge from within me. But um I don't know. I, I I thought I felt like maybe Stan could have just let Tyler off the hook a little bit, but I hear I hear it to each no, their own. No, it's no. It, it offends me as a gay man. It offends me <laughs> as as some. I mean, I'm wearing a a, a who a shirt a yeah. t- the, the who's t shirt, so I, I can't yeah. criticize. But my I was like like I can't I can't look at this anymore, and maybe it's because I don't understand Gen Z fashion. But but anyway, I'm going down a road. Um. See my my hands get up like this when I ever go yeah. these jazz things. hands, jazz hands. You know the 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 wrist gets looser. Um, so <laughs> so we I I think not to we're not going to throw cold water on the whole thing, but I think what the one thing we're to be concerned about, maybe we can kind of circle on this, is that. The Nuggets have been off for a long time, and yeah. look, they took the entire month month of March off. So, I mean, who are we to say that they they don't thrive on these situations? But that in the back of my mind, I'm still concerned that not facing live basketball for that long is is not good. I worry about that, uh, particularly, and and I think that like you know Q1, you know, we'll see um, what the what the crowd is like. But my expectation is there's a lot of energy they're uh heading you know right at the beginning first playoff game um in that arena and so you have this kind of combination of they're a little cold and yet the crowd is so hot and like your adrenaline's so high you mm-hmm. know i definitely can see jamal like clanking three in a row off the back rim um at you know kind of vibe um uh, we've seen that from from him before uh you know before kind of settling in in the second half of games um so I, that that wouldn't surprise me, mm. and uh, and it wouldn't. I I I don't think it, I I really don't think it would be crazy for the Heat to come in, you know, on Game One, and 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 have it be very Jimmy Butler esque for him yeah. to have a forty five point game in Game One on the road. You know, they have the nobody believes in us element thing. You know, they're they're just off of Game Seven, um, and so that that wouldn't surprise me how they sustain that over the course of a series, you know, I, I I think that you're getting into a really tough, you know, way to imagine them doing that. And, you know, maybe a variance, a three point shooting variance game where they're light. It's out. Maybe you have a game that the referees take over because they don't want another four, one series. I don't, you know, who knows? Um, There are other things that could happen, but it's just, I, I mean, we're getting into, I've been in the other side of this chair so many times. <laughs> we have Jeff being like, "What would it take for us to win? Beat the Bubble Lakers?" You know, it's like, okay, we're right here. It's like maybe AD tweaks a knee in Game Three. You know right. what I mean? Like that. Like yeah. we did this in 2020, mm-hmm. and like that's where they are, right? I, I, I don't know. Maybe Jamal tweaks a knee, and uh, you know, just like knocking on wood feverishly, you know, praying to the heavens right now. But, um, but I, I hear you on Game One. 
but it's it's hard it's hard to see how they how they sustain it well it's it's you mean look uh, every fan is entitled to a rational exuberance and both you and i are fans so i i'm i'm perfectly comfortable with being this confident because i was this confident going into playing the lakers i was uh, just like they've they've got this i as soon as they vanquished the suns and overcame the supernova games from booker and durant in phoenix i knew that that this was that this was a different kind of team and i i think that this is a good example of having that ability come through and and be translate to the fans because the fans are extremely confident i've never seen nuggets fans this confident i've never i i usually nuggets fans are very wolf at the door this has been the most confident i have ever seen nuggets fans ever going in up to and including 2009 when they made it the western conference finals i i've never seen nuggets fans this confident yeah we're going up against kobe in 2009 so there's reason to not be confident but um uh, yeah, and you to your credit, I do have to I do have to say, um, I I believe I received a Nuggets in five text from you before the Sun series, um, and yeah. so I guess you were off by game, but uh, you know you have you have had a good beat on this throughout the whole um throughout the whole playoffs, and it's I you know for me it's like I um I mean, I've been I'm thinking back um uh not worth explaining on this podcast why i'm also an lsu fan so just kind of accept that and let's move <laughs> forward um i am Ooh. and uh it's reminiscent to me in the 2019 season with the burrow championship and and i i just i have this memory of you know, the, we're at the florida game i'm in tiger stadium it's halftime pretty sure it's 21 21 right in 14 14 and you know the the older you know, kind of more wizened fans around that were used to the LSU that had been defensively oriented and, you know, and, and had those kind of teams were frustrated. They're like, I don't know what's happening. Are we? And I like looked down and I was like, guys, this is a different deal. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the burrow chase Jefferson thing is a different deal. Like they're like, we're going to win. Not only are we going to win this game, they're going to win the championship this year. I was like, they're not good. This team is not losing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I felt that confidence that year. And this has been a very equivalent feel. Um, uh, despite my slight doubts during the sun's thing is just, uh, which was, I think PTSD from having been a Nuggets fan longer than LSU and having seen LSU win win a few times, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, but uh, you know the the offense, the equivalent is is in the confidence, but is also just in why is the confidence there? It's because this offense, they just create great shots all the time, and I know that's a Simmons take, but it's true. It's like it's, it's a Simmons take because it's true, and in the playoffs, especially in the modern NBA, like like the the top trait to have as a winning team is to in close fourth quarter games be able to create and execute good offense and good shots shot making and and this team does it better than anybody by a mile right now and Mm -hmm. and and i just don't see any reason to believe that's going to stop that that is not hot shooting it's they have not been particularly streaky some players have been you know some players have been a little bit above their uh season percentages jamal in particular but it, it's it's that the looks are so good mm-hmm. and they're creating good offense. And that's all because Nikola Jokic is just a magical, magical being that, that, you know, we've been gifted with and that I'm just so blessed to have had in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so ready for him. I'm so ready for him to get it. I, I everybody else wants it more than he does. I think yeah. even for him. 
Um, I, think, I think so too. <laughs> that he deserves it. Uh, you know, everyone, this is, this is, this is just things that I think about, you know, and I made a commitment and I'm going to follow through to watch a couple games of this finals out at the tight end bar out here, which is, uh, which is the gay, the, the gay sports bar. So All right. I am going to be trying to make it out to that. Um, and so the people who are listening to this, who happen to be gay, just look for me there. You know, I'm, I'm excited to hear your review <laughs> of that. And maybe, uh, you know, we'll see how, if it's a Nuggets victory on Thursday, I can head out there post game, but I'm going to the stadium. Yes. I want to be in the stadium. And so uh, I'm only, uh, I'm only in Denver for a night and then I'm back. And then, uh, you know, if this, um, if this valedictory, uh, ceremonial championship goes as we hope, um, maybe we'll be at the tight end, uh, uh, for yeah. the parade yeah. or after the parade. Only the gays would do it, something like that. I swear to God, tight end for for a bar. Um, so <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, we've uh, we've got to. I think I think we've reached a reached that we talked about everything we can uh, plausibly talk about right now. So uh, I I mean, I, you know, there are other things we could talk about. Um, you know, we could go deep into the deep into the bench rotation. You know, we could have we could discuss you mean the two the, players. Yeah, we could discuss how we think that we're going to match up with Highsmith or whatever. They're, they're you know, uh, oh, Cody oh, Zeller. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that um, I think that 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 we've hit the basics, and we if have. things get if things get rocky, you know, we can revisit it. We hit, we hit uh, the, I hit the basics on the Morecast. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hit the, the X's and O's are for people like Adam Marez and, you know, Ryan Blackburn and people like that. You, you come to, you come to Jeff because you want fan. You come vibes. to, you come to Tim Miller because you want fan. So uh, that's, I think that's a great way to put that. And you know what? Um, I'm not going to give a prediction. I just think the Nuggets will win the series, but I'm not going to give a series prediction. I'm not either, um, but I'm just happy to be there in the can on Thursday is with all not, of you. Come say hi it's if not you see the, me. It's not the can anymore. Excuse me, in the sack. The sack. You have to. Get Excuse sack. me. I can't be. I can't wait to be there in the sack, <laughs> in the sack. on on Thursday. You could be with in the sack with Tim Miller. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's great. Uh, so um, anything before we let you go? Anything to promote? Where can people find you? Anything you want to shout out? No, sir. Follow my Nuggets tweets. If you see me on Thursday, come say hi. I'm so excited to be there. And um, uh, I hope to see you all again at a parade with my daughter in a couple weeks. Yes. Well, I will be at the parade, too. So maybe you and I could finally see each other in person. In uh, 3D. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, I'll be back, uh, well, after, well, tomorrow, actually, with uh, Trey Mitchell for another episode. Goodbye.
Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit